Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Sunset free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. What are we free from? We're free from the penalty, the power, control of sin in our lives. Amen? Amen? That's what we're free from. We're free to make the right choices and to glorify God. 
And how do I become a child of God? Does it depend on how I act? No, it depends on what you believe. Amen. The Bible tells us clearly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen? Amen. It's not depend on our performance. It depends on our belief. And we don't stay saved by our performance. We stay saved by what we continue to believe in our faith. Amen? Amen. Thank God it's for that because we all fail. Thought, word, and deed every day. Thought, word, and deed. And he's transforming us a little by slow. Like I said before, we start to outgrow us in nature. It doesn't just get thrown off that easy. It loves to jump back up on us, ain't it? Our selfish ways always tend to want to come back and get in the way of serving the Lord. So we're grateful for that. Do we stop doing good works? No, we do good works because we are saved, not to get saved. Amen? The fruit of our salvation is good deeds with the right motive to glorify God, not ourselves. Amen? That's all it changes, is the motivation of the heart. Okay, before we get started, how's everybody doing today? It's great to see everybody. Whenever I come to church, I always get this sense of well-being and security that everything's going to be okay no matter what goes on. Because that's what the Bible teaches. It's what we, it's what's in here, not what we see out there, amen? amen. When we come in here, we get to really see a glimpse of God, amen? What's going to be, what's going to be like? It's like a reprieve. Every time that church door is open, I can't wait to get here, because the world is just so full of darkness and tries to pull us back into our selfish ways. Mm-hmm. Thank God, who the sun sets free is free indeed, amen? amen. <sighs> Every time I get up, it's on. John wants to take over. God says, no, I want to take over. No, I take over. It's a fight. We have to understand that. We all struggle. Who doesn't struggle with this? It's all good. Then we open our eyes. Sometimes it's not even good in our sleep. I fight with the devil in my dreams. He's always trying to get in there. Thought, word, and deed. Amen. But we know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Thank God for that, right? We got somebody to save us from that. Thank you, Jesus, right? Jesus saves us from the power of sin that wants to control us. It's up to us to be obedient to that, though. All right, let's go to Lamentations chapter 3, what Mary put up on the board. This is an awesome scripture. And, you know, we're going to have to read a little bit more than she put up there, as usual. You know, sometimes we get wrapped up in the world and life, and sometimes we just feel like God's abandoned us sometimes. We just, you know, we serve Him, we come to Bible study, we do everything that that God wants us to do, and we still sense that loneliness still, like He's not there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And and the Bible said He'd never leave us, nor forsake us, and He's trying to move us past our emotions. See, our emotions are what get us in trouble. And the devil loves to get into our thought process and our emotion process. Right? Everybody thinks that spirits are flying around the room. No, it's the spirit of doubt. The spirit of anger. The spirit of fear. That enter our minds. God didn't give us that spirit. He gave us power, love, and self-control. Or a sound mind. You have to believe that. And he will give it to you. You have to believe it though. You see, if you don't believe it, it won't happen. You have to actually believe it. Say, the Lord said I have a sound mind, even though it's not, it seems like my head's like scrambled eggs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Can't put anything together. Mm-hmm. That's from the devil. All right, go to verse 31. I love this. 31. 
For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Oh, thank God. We're not always going to sense that. It's only for a season. If you're going through something you don't sense the Lord, he says it's not going to last forever. Don't worry. Just hang in there. Persevere like the subject we're on. Though he brings grief, okay, everybody thinks it's the devil bringing grief, right? No, it's the Lord who brings grief. Look, he brings grief, he also shows compassion. Because of the greatness of his unfailing love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. If people crush underfoot all the prisoners of the land, if they deprive others of their rights in defiance of the Most High, if they twist justice in the courts, doesn't the Lord see all these things? Yes, He does. You know, sometimes you say, how come these people get away with everything down here? But don't worry, no, the Lord sees it. You think they're getting away with it. Nobody gets away with anything. They're all going to have to face God in His time and in His way. It's up to us to what? Pray for them and let it go. It's hard in the flesh, easy in the spirit. See, when you're in the flesh, you can't do it. You're always thinking about, look at all these evil people getting away, living, enjoying their lives, having a great time. But in the spirit, you know that they're lost. All they have is what they have down here. We have everything when we're out of here. Mansions of gold, streets of gold, we get it all. And we get rid of what? Our sin nature. They never get rid of it. Matter of fact, they take that sin nature with them to hell, okay? They take that for eternal judgment, okay? That's what happens to unbelievers, by the way. Eternal torment. Listen, I get tormented enough down here. I don't want to have to go home and be tormented in the hereafter. Amen? Because the Bible promises me a place in heaven if I believe in His Son. And once I get there, he says, you're not going to have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more torment, and no weak, broken down bodies. A new glorified, resurrected one. Amen? So that's something to look forward to. If we we have nothing to look forward to, then we have nothing to hope for if we already have it. That gives us something to look forward to. Okay, now look what it says. Doesn't the Lord see all these things? Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? Whatever's going on in your life today, you can blame whatever you want to blame, you can blame God because he's the one who lets it happen. He has to go through his permissive will. And if you understand that, you'll keep your mouth shut and you won't start complaining because you know that God's the one who sent it. See, there's the problem. We see things from a human point of view when things happen, not from God's. He sees the whole picture. We don't. He, saw the, he sees the beginning to the end. We're stuck in now. Thinking we're getting tormented and there's no way out of this. So we try to get out of it ourselves. Now look what it says. Does not the Most High send both calamity and good? Yes, He does. Why? Because He's God and we're not. Now, here it is. Look at verse 39. Now, this was written a long time ago. 4,000 maybe years ago. Look what it says. Then why should we, why should we mere humans complain? <laughs> How many of us complain? All of us complain. Imagine if, I perform, imagine if it depended on us not complaining to go to heaven. I guess we're all in trouble. 
thank God for his grace and mercy. Amen. We complain about everything. Our food's not warm enough. <laughs> right? There's not enough time in the day. Yep. Right? True. These people are all around me, aggravating me, complain about everything. <laughs> and God's saying, don't you understand what I did for you? I set you free from that. So you don't have to even think about complaining. You can be glorious and justified and glorify me in these circumstances because I set you free. Amen. I gave you the situation. Now look what it says. Now, I don't like this because I'm going to... It says, why should we mere humans complain when we're punished for our sins? He doesn't punish us, okay? He chastens us or corrects us. That's a bad translation right there. God is not a punishing God. He chastens us or corrects us of our sins. So what is, what is he trying to say here? Our sins are what make us complain. Do you see? We complain because we're in our sin nature. When you're in the spirit, there's nothing to complain about. Everything's good. We complain because we're in the flesh. That's why he says it. Then why should we complain when we're chasing for our sins? What are we chasing for? Our sin nature. He's correcting us because of our sin nature. We're thinking wrong. And we blame it on everything else. You're merely looking at things in the flesh, not in the spirit. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Maybe now you just got some enlightenment. Yes. Why we complain, right? We're complaining about our own sin nature. We're complaining because we're in our sin nature. If you remember, Jesus didn't complain because he was led by the spirit. When you're led by the spirit, there's no room to complain because God put you there. How many of us still complain, even though God puts us there? We're still learning, right? The hard way. But we can learn from other people's mistakes and say, why am I complaining? God put it there. Now, look what it says. Look at verse 40. Instead of complaining, let us test and examine our ways. And then what? Let us turn back to the Lord. What he's saying right here is you turned away from the Lord. That's why. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us examine our ways. What am I thinking? What is off? I need to turn back to the Lord. That's why I'm getting chastened. It says it right here. Very simple. These are the spiritual applications that God has enlightened me to help you learn. That's what it means. So why are we chasing for our sins? Instead of that, he don't want to chase us. Let us test and examine our ways. He's saying, I don't want to have to correct you. I want you to be able to correct yourself by the eye of my word. Look into what's going on with the way I'm thinking, the way I'm acting, what I'm doing. Why am I complaining? Instead of waiting for the thing that you're complaining about to change. This is what people do. I'm waiting for that to change so I can stop complaining. I'm waiting for a better life, a better job, a better wife. A better... Well, let me tell you something. We're all born with sin natures. You ain't getting nothing better than you already got if you're looking for something in the flesh. Amen. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. It's only a matter of time before the flesh comes out in anybody. So if you think the grass is greener somewhere else, think again. Yeah, right. We're all born into the same thing. Everybody has the same things. We all get jealous. We all get angry. We all got skeletons in our closet. Things that we do in secret. All of us have sneakiness and skeletons. If you think you're going to find something better, you're crazy. There ain't nothing better. There's only one thing you should reach for, Jesus. And the understanding of his unconditional love is what we teach here. Now look what it says. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts. What's that? 
our very core, our very being, in our hands. What? Not just what's inside of us, but also physically. Let the action show that we've turned back to him. That's what it's trying to say. Let us lift our hearts, our core, and our hands the way we live to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled against you. How many of us think that when we complain and we're not sinning and rebelling against God? Every time you complain, you are sinning and rebelling against God. Well, that's a big ouch, right? Thank God for His grace and mercy to begin afresh every morning. Oh, we'd be dead pigeons. <laughs> really? This, is the, this country is the most spoiled, complainful country in the world. We complain about everything. The weather, the price of gas, the price of lettuce, the price of steak, the price of, <laughs> the trice, price of a toothpick, the price of everything. When there's people that don't even have anything. Right. They don't even know what they're going to eat today or what they're going to wear. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. So we have to understand if we're getting chastened, it's for our own good. Yeah. See, and he's trying to get that, not, that the rebellious attitude out of you. <laughs> it's good scripture, right? But it says, and you have not forgiven us. But that was in the Old Testament. You understand? You better thank Jesus now because the next scripture I'm going to teach you about is we've been forgiven of everything. Why are you forgetting that? You forgot that you've been forgiven of all them sins. That's why you keep consent, That's why you keep committing them. Thank God for Jesus, right? Now you understand unconditional love, which is the verse that the Lord led me to read to you next. Okay, now, now it's my turn. You ready? You ready? All right, before we get started with our study about spiritual growth, go with me to Romans Chapter 8, the Lord wrote this on my heart to encourage you. How many of us need some encouragement tonight? Amen. How many of us have gone through some stuff? Amen. Well, wouldn't you want to go through stuff with God than against Him? Let me tell you something. When you're complaining, you're not taking Him with you. You're taking the devil with you. And don't worry, he'll give you more and more to complain about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> no, yeah, positive. We already know he does. Mm -hmm. You know when you get in complaint mode, we start complaining about everything and we stop seeing the glory of God. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We start getting ungrateful. Yeah. It's like, God, why are you doing this to me? I'm so good. <laughs> you say, no, I'm doing it to you because you're not good. But you think that you are. So I'm going to have to show you that you're not. Amen, right? Amen. Thank God for Jesus. All right, now go to verse 35. Now, just because all these things are happening in your life, let me offer you some encouragement from the Word of God, okay? Because none of these things can separate us from God's love. Nothing. Zilch. Nothing can separate you. I don't care what's going on, what you did, or what God's doing, or somebody else did. Nothing can ever separated, separate us from God's unconditional love. And that's something to be grateful for. Amen. Now, and I'm going to explain why, and it's going to tell us. 
Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? He's saying, well, just because I love you doesn't mean none of them things are going to happen. You're in a fallen world and anything's possible here. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love us if we fall into any of these problems, trouble, calamity. How many of us still get persecuted down here? That doesn't mean he doesn't love us. That means that the devil hates us. That means that God does love us. Because we live in the devil's world. Look, all hungry. You know how grumpy we get when we're hungry? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, if I go an hour without eating, oh, get out of my way. There's people that don't eat for days. No, he still loves us because you didn't eat yet. Now look what it says. Or in danger. We get in danger a lot. You never know what's going to happen out there. You can open it. It's crazy. It's dark. That doesn't get... Look, just because we come to church doesn't guarantee that somebody of their own free will might do something to harm you. God doesn't take away people's free will. You have to understand that. You say, well, God doesn't just... Why didn't God just protect me? No, He is protecting you. Trust me. Because if He doesn't, you'll already be checked out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it'd already be checked out. Because think of all the things and things you've done and the things that have been done to you when you're still breathing. So glorify that and be grateful. Now look what it says. As the scriptures say, or as for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And by the way, he's quoting Psalms 44:22, so that's biblical, okay? The Old Testament. No despite look at verse 37. No despite all these things that are going on, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Do you see? It's love that conquers it all. It's the love of Christ. And I'm going to explain this to you. And I am convinced, now the Apostle Paul, if anybody had any reason to complain about living for Jesus, it was him. If you've seen what he went through to get the gospel out there that we have this, he got whipped I don't know how many times. He was in the ocean for two days straight. He got beaten with rods. was thrown into prison with no clothes on in the cold. For preaching Jesus, and he was singing and glorifying God. He said, well, God put me here, so I might as well get someone to heaven while I'm here. That's just what he thought. That was his mindset. What's your mindset when you get in prison somewhere inside your own mind or something's happening to you? Are you saying, well, God put me here. I might as well try to get someone else here to heaven? Or do you get all angry and in your flesh? Think about it. Think about what goes on in our life thinking, but I love the Lord and he's controlling my life. Really? We know that he's not. You know he's controlling your life when you're getting whipped and you say, I love Jesus. Amen. Does I mean literally whipped? No, we get whipped with life. They're using literally, he got literally beaten with whips and rods. Think, imagine if we did. We complain about not getting the right amount of food in our system. We complain about that. He didn't complain about getting whipped. Yeah, right. His body front and back torn wide open. Number of times. Imagine the scar tissue all over him. He had to endure. Did he ever denounce Christ? No. You know why? Because he's seen Christ. Mm -hmm. He had to get a greater revelation in order to endure that. 
Because no human being would be able to. He actually seen Jesus. He had to see him for that reason because he had to go through all that to get the gospel to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for sending them people. And let me tell you something about Paul. He was the worst one, by the way. And he got him, he turned him around, knocked him off his high horse and put him on track. So don't think he can't use anybody that's fallen. Okay, because that's who he does use. He doesn't use the ones who didn't fall. He uses the ones that did. Amen. Amen. Now look what it says. Oh, this is beautiful. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Greek nor rulers, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. How many of us still worry about tomorrow? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation can, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. What do you think revealed me? Everybody wants a revelation, right? The greatest revelation and biggest revelation that any believer can get Okay, is the full understanding of God's unconditional love in any situation in one's life. Thought, word, indeed, to see God in everything, in the good, the bad, the ugly, the unfairness we endure, knowing that God is doing everything in our life because he loves us. Amen. That's the biggest revelation you can get in that book. If you're looking for more, you don't have to go any further because we don't understand that yet. Once you can understand that, then maybe you can get more revelation. But it says, the re revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, the love of God. It's mentioned six times. I just mentioned it. And from 35 to 39, and then four verses, he's quoting lo love God's love six times. Get the picture? It's all about God's unconditional love. And you have to understand you that he's loving you when you're feeling like like. At the bottom, when you sin terribly, when somebody's angry at you when, you, when something's happening to you, God still loves you. It doesn't matter, you see? If you can understand that, nothing will move you. You won't get shaken by anything in your life because you got the revelation that God is in it. You have no reason to complain about anything because God's in control. But if you don't understand that revelation, you're going to still murmur and complain about the circumstances. You just need to grow. Some people are stuck. They can't grow because they want more of a revelation in God's word than God's love. Like that's not enough. God's love is more than enough. It says it right here. Nothing in the world can separate us from God's unconditional love that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. His unconditional love. You want to see how much God loves us? Look what, how Jesus lived his life. He knew. Imagine. Lord, if this be your will, please take this cup of suffering from me. But not my will, your will be done. If I've got to go to the cross and die, so be it. He did it because he was obedient unto death. And if it wasn't for that, we would all be going to hell right now. And what is God saying to us? Just believe my word and trust it. And then I'll take you right into heaven. You'll have a nice smooth journey. But if you keep rebelling against me, you're going to have a rocky trip. Because you're going to try to do this in the flesh and you can't do it in the flesh. That's like saying I don't need the Savior. 
A lot of us go back into the flesh, right? You leave church, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Right? Instead of, okay, Lord, wow. I just got a revelation of your love. What can I do for you, Lord? Because you love me that much. Nobody loves me that much down here. There, even the mother, the love for a mother to her child is the biggest, greatest kind of love there can be in the world. And that still has conditions on it. His love is, goes beyond that kind of love. Just imagine that love. You know what as well as I do when kids, we reach a limit with them. But we still love them. But listen, God doesn't have any limits. When they fail, he takes over. Human beings will fail you. I'm just giving you a little newsflash. Do not depend to get through your life and happiness depending on a human being to get you there. Amen. It will never happen. Amen. You need to go to Jesus. Amen. If you don't go to Jesus, you'll be miserable down here till you go home to be with him. Has no Look, you going to heaven has nothing to do with what you're thinking right now. What you believe which brings you to heaven. That one time you believed it, that's what puts you in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's guaranteed. From here on in, he's trying to mold you and shape you into the image of his son. So you can glorify him and bring other people into the kingdom. The problem is, people get into their own kingdom and don't want to get anybody else into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. They sit in church, get fed and fed and fed, and then God sends all these people around them to get them into heaven. They don't say nothing. Or tell them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or act like Jesus. And God sets the mission field. Yeah. And we what? Either miss it, because we're not looking for it, or what? We don't want to say nothing because we don't like the person God put in front of us. How's that? Remember Jonah? He says, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. They're evil. Just like God will put somebody evil in your life. I'm not telling them about Jesus. No way, I don't even want them near me. I want them to go to hell. Every time you don't say that, don't worry if God wants them to get to heaven, someone else will get the glory to do it. You'll miss the opportunity, but God will get them. They don't worry. It's not like they went to hell because of you. You'll just miss the glorification of doing what God created you to do from before the earth was formed. He knew that person was going to be in front of you at that point in time to give you the opportunity to bring them home with you. He knew back then. It was already planned. Everything that goes on in your life is already planned out. And it's up to you whether you want to do it for Jesus or live for yourself and miss out. Mm. Can I get an amen for that? No. But that does not take, listen, it doesn't take away his love for us or the conditions of our salvation. Amen? No. That's unconditional. Isn't that awesome? No. How many times do we fail? If we put conditions on it, we're all not going to make it. No. We're all going to get like D minuses and Fs. <laughs> you want to put it in, in performance base any given day right some of us do good right for a period of time and then we what get angry listen once you're angry and bitter and complaining nobody sees Jesus so you can't bring anyone into the kingdom so think about that when you're in that state of mind nobody coming to heaven and you're definitely not in the promised land you're definitely in hell because you're living in torment Jesus died, he just said, he set me free from the torment of our sin nature. Because that's what torments us. Our thoughts, our emotions. All right, did we get that all right? Okay, beautiful. That's why we have to persevere through all this. 
And that's why we have to understand his unconditional love is the basis of uh, wanting to go home. One of the reasons why we have to persevere. Because it doesn't matter what we go through. We're here. Once you get this mindset that I'm on a mission, then it doesn't matter. All right, I'm on a mission, so I should expect calamity, any kind of problem to come. It's all going to come, just like I got a flat tire on the way here. Did I really expect that to happen? No. I, I figured I'd dress up for Jesus tonight, and then I had to get dirty. So it doesn't really matter. You never know what's going to happen. Do I say, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach fire and brimstone tonight because I got a flat. <laughs> if I let my emotions take over, God, I, was really, I was starting to get angry. I said, oh, you know what, Lord? Who cares? It's only a tire. Uh, <laughs> really? Piece of rubber, you know? <laughs> Go tell them about me. That's way more important than your tire, John. And then you know what it did? It just took it right away. I said, you know, you're right. Why would I dwell on something like that? Some people will dwell on that and have a terrible day because of a flat tire. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what? Everybody else will get their wrath because they're miserable over it. Mm -hmm. And then it emanates on them and all they see is darkness. Mm -hmm. You see, the, see how much it matters to get our mindset right and persevere? All right, so the last time we spoke, we talked about it develop, It produces the fourth principle of a Christ-like character. We ended that last time in Romans 8, 28, 32. But now we're going to go. The vital relationship between perseverance and character can be seen in Romans chapter 5, verses 3. So let's go there. We'll start there tonight. Knowing that tribu tribulation or produces perseverance and perseverance, strength of character, and hope. Let's go to Romans. Let's see how we let's let's see how he puts it. Everybody with me so far tonight? Yeah, it's been great so far. Huh? I'll tell you, yeah. time goes by. We're gonna keep giving the word out. This is an awesome thing. God's getting glorified right now. And somebody's gonna hear this besides these four walls, through the internet or through the online or through the phone lines, and get saved. And you ain't gonna know about it till you go home when we get to the beamer. He's going to say, you know when you sat in church that night, you contributed to that person finding Jesus. Everybody has a part to play in it. And you're going to say, wow, really? I didn't know that. By me just showing up in church? Yes. Because that makes the body. You all contribute to getting this stuff out there. Not just me, it's the ministry. You come here to get other people into the heavens. And you don't know who's going to become that way. There's a lot of Nicodemuses out there. They might not proclaim Jesus, but they hear about him and believe it yep. because of you. Yep. And you'll know about it then, and you'll be like, wow, I'm so glad I said something then. It seemed like it didn't accomplish anything, but the Bible says in Isaiah 55, I send my word out, and it always produces what it wants to, what it needs to. So you go and do it. Never mind what you're looking for, the result. I'm responsible for the results. That's what he told me when I first started this. He said, John, don't worry if there's one person or a hundred. I'm responsible for the for the increase, not you. Amen. The harvest is great, the work is a few. He says, you go out and do it, and I'll produce it for you. Because it's my word that saves, not you. Amen. And just like we just started doing on the, on the website, we started putting the daily walk up on the front page of the Facebook feed. So people can get in there and hear God's word to find salvation. Amen. You can't find salvation through a picture. You find salvation through God's words. Amen. That's what saves. The word of God. Amen. So once that book is open and a person's heart is right, guess what? 
The door is open. The switch is on. And heaven is their home. Amen. Just for us getting that out there. Amen. Amen. Glorify Jesus. Amen. All right. Look at verse 1 of Romans 5. It gives us a great purpose for life. Once you get on the right mindset, you wake up every morning with a sense of purpose. Instead of, oh, what am I going to do today? I'm bored. Because you're, because you're trying to live for yourself, after you get saved, you're going to be miserable down here. God's saying, I'm saving you to live for me. So you can actually enjoy your life and find purpose and meaning why you were created. Let me tell you something about, if you're a bored believer, you have a heart problem. Mm-hmm. A bored believer has a heart condition. Yep. The human heart is wicked and deceitful. The human heart gets bored with God. The human heart gets bored with God, and what does it do? I want to go back to Egypt because I'm bored doing this. I've heard this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But Lord, why do I have to hear it over and over again? Because you can't live one bit of it. That's why. So when you're sick of hearing it, it's because you're not living it. Because once you live it, you don't you don't care if you keep hearing it because you're living it. You want to hear it because it keeps you living it. It's the words of life. Remember, the words. Look, the words of life keep us living in the spirit. The words of life living in the flesh kills us. It makes us dark. It gets. We don't want to hear it no more. When you get tired of hearing God's word, is when you want your flesh back. Bottom line, you better check in with God right away because if not, he's going to let you fall back into that sin and you're going to be worse off than you were before, the Bible says. Don't think he won't let you do it. He will let you go back into that life again. But it's going to be worse than before and the consequences are going to be greater. So think twice before you go and do it because he's not going to stop you. You'd rather get led by the eye than the rod. Trust me. There's three types. There's what? A, a hot Christian that's on fire for God, right? And then there's a warm Christian who's indifferent with God. And then there's a cold Christian, right? That just is no God would rather have you hot or cold, not lukewarm. Yeah. Lukewarm, you're in a bad place. Yeah. I'm coming to church, but I'm not really here. Right. Bad place. You're better off just going back into the world full blown. And then coming back, getting chastened and getting on fire and trying to start living the double life again. Mm-hmm. Going back into your sins and showing up at church. Because now you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make everybody else see your misery because you can't contain it. It's so bad. That's right. And you'll see it on the faces of the people that come to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. This is a real church. Mm-hmm. We are healing from the sin. And we're trying to what, overcome that. So we can enjoy our lives while we're here. Not we'll have to wait till we get to heaven. Can I get an amen for that? Alright, now look what it says. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Why? Why do we have peace with God? Because what Jesus our Lord has done for us. Not what we do for Him. You can't get peace with God by your performance. You get peace with God understanding what Jesus did for you. That's what I'm saying. That unconditional love is what gives you peace. In all the storms in your life. Because of our faith, 
Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Do you want to share God's glory? Well, you have to understand God's glory to share it. If you don't understand God's glory, you'll never share it. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. The right mindset. Now you're going into this. Here comes, a, you know when you get blessed? Let me just give you a little warning. When things are going well for you, just get ready. Because once that happens and you get, it doesn't stay there. Once that blessing, bliss wears off, here comes the counterattack now. Now you have to be prepared for the attack of the devil. He's going to come, he's going to come and he's going to test you now. To see how faithful you are when the storm comes. Can I get an amen for that? You have to understand the ways of God. He prunes us more and more so we can produce more and more. We're never at a standstill in God's house. He's always working on us. He's always got the snippers out. He's snipping that character, things in our character that have no benefit to him. If Drew's a haircut, he knows he's got them snippers going, right? Yeah, it's all right when you cut hair, but when you start cutting your skin with it, it hurts, right? Well, when he starts cutting our flesh with the snippers, we don't like it. We don't like that because he's getting rid of our sin nature. We think, he, he thinking, he, we think he's taking something from us. He's actually giving us something. <laughs> we don't understand that it's the things that we reach for are the problem. Now look what it says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us develop endurance or perseverance. Why am I stuck on this so long? Because without this, we're not going to make it. Without endurance and perseverance, we're going to walk away from the Lord, which Christians are not taught well enough, and that's why they go back into the world and just play church. Because they don't understand they're going to have to suffer. So they start, when, they, when they start running the problems, well, I thought I was going to get my best life now, and they told me I was going to get blessed. What's going on? Why is all this stuff happening to me? This is a bunch of baloney. I'm out of here. Because they didn't misunderstood. Somebody represented God the wrong way. Because they never actually were called. They, weren't, they went, but they weren't sent by God. They went because they wanted to make money. And so they shipwrecked people. It's in the Bible. He said, woe to you pastors in the Old Testament who make a living off people's sins. Yes. Keep sinning. Keep sinning. Come on. So we can get rich. Why do they keep sinning? So they kept sending offerings for the sins. The priests are taking, come on, keep sinning. It's okay. Don't worry. God loves you. Keep sending it. Keep, come on, keep sinning. You'll get churches to tell you to keep sinning and just keep giving me money and keep coming back. Keep sinning. Don't worry. God's going to take And then you're going to face them. So, I'm going to, I'm going to, He's going to say, you, you knew that's not what I meant, and you chose to go that way. And he's going to put it black onto the people that follow that. Because it's up to you to find the right teacher. and the right. Because this Bible is designed to change you, not to keep you sinning. And if you look for a church to make you keep sinning, then you're going to have to answer to God for that. The grace of God has been revealed, it said in Titus, right? Bringing salvation to all. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We had to live in this evil world with what? Faith, endurance, and devotion to God. Why is that in the Bible? Why don't they just cut that piece out? Because they never preach on it. 
But we do here. I don't get around that because that's what it's all about. It's about becoming a new creation. Born again. Now look what it says. In endurance, look at verse 4. In endurance develops strength of character. In characters, look, either you're going to get bitter or better. If you don't understand God's unconditional love, you're going to get bitter, and it's not going to strengthen your character. It's going to make you a character. Because <laughs> you're going to hear somebody finally say, oh, just shut up. That's all you I ever hear you do is complain. And you're going to hear it from unbelievers, and you're going to see Christians complaining about everything. They're going to say, why don't you just shut up? You complain more than people that don't know Jesus. Don't worry, God will send somebody to correct you in your complaining tongue. Okay, you know what's going to happen? You're going to notice nobody's around. So how come nobody wants to be around me? Is it me? No, nobody wants to be around you because all you do is bring gloom and doom to them. And instead of anything good, you're always thinking negative. The glass half empty. And God will chasten you for that. Because that doesn't bring anybody into the kingdom. It brings us back into the dark. Okay, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You see, once our character is strengthened, it gives us the hope of salvation that we're finally getting delivered from our evil, sinful ways. Amen. It gives us hope. Say, wow, I'm actually overcoming that, finally. I'm not complaining about it anymore. I'm accepting it. Amen. That's how you know you're making some ground. Stop complaining and accept where God has you. Amen. Grow up, he's trying to tell you. And look what it says. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. See what it says? We know. If you don't know how much dearly God loves you, then you're not going to do it. That's why you have to get the revelation of his unconditional love first so you can actually apply this. If you don't get that down, you'll never be able to do it. You have to know how dearly God loves us. If you don't know that, then you're not going to be able to do it. That's why it's important that we teach about love first. Amen. You don't teach a, a child doctrine before you love them, right? right. You, you, you love the child, and then he grows up, and to, then you teach him the, the ways you have to learn. Mm -hmm. You love them unconditionally first. That's what God does to us. First, he loves us unconditionally, and then he starts to teach us his ways. Mm -hmm. He doesn't teach us his ways, then he says, I want you to go love. No, you get a hardened Christian that way. If you just teach doctrine without love, knowledge puffs up, but it's love that builds up the church, the Bible says. Amen. Doctrine doesn't build up the church. It builds up your head. It, builds, it puffs you up with pride. Amen. Knowledge is no good in the church. You need knowledge of God's word, but you don't need knowledge to get yourself all, look at me, I know God's word in and out. You don't. That's why you're failing. That's why you're a sinner, because you don't know God's word. I do. You get Pharisees. Unconditional, it's conditional love. But you just don't have any faith. God's going to deal with you, don't worry. Now, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Why does he love us? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You see, once you have the Holy Spirit, he gives us that to fill our hearts with love. The Holy Spirit is in us to give us that. But you have to let him give it to you. 
You have to open up your heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Yeah, that song. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. You ain't going to see him any other way. You ain't going to see God in the flesh. The Lord loves us too much to see us remain in our sinful state. So he desires to conform us to the likeness of his son. This passion is reflected in the Apostle Paul's statement to the Galatian Christians in the Galatians 4.19. Let's go there. We're going to close with this. We're already out of time. Don't worry. It's always next Saturday. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. This is awesome. This is... I feel the same exact way Paul does, and I have to say, it's just the way it goes to be a, to be a pastor. Look what it says in Galatians 4, verse 19. Apostle Paul telling the Galatians, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you. Again, and that they will continue. Why? Until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Do you understand that? Do you understand that that's message? It has to be developed. Christ has to be developed in your life, and that's what spiritual growth is. Christ being developed in your life, not just in your mind. In your life and what you do and how you carry yourself. In your lives. This transforming process requires trials, patience and our perseverance that's what it requires but he went through the same thing with the Galatians and I say I understand where he's coming from because you see people going in the Bible hearing it over and over and over again and it goes in one and out the other like it doesn't stick it's like you got to come to church next time I go like this put a, <laughs> put a plug in this side so it goes in and it doesn't it doesn't get out it goes in, it goes bounces, and it goes up and around. <laughs> don't let, don't leave this one open, because if it does, it goes in one and out the other. You get out of church, and say, oh, I'm glad that was over. Oh, good, now we can, well, what's for supper? Yeah. Instead of really absorbing what God was trying to tell you tonight and making a difference in your life when you leave, Amen. then you miss the whole point Amen. of God's love. Amen. His love is designed to save you from yourself. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. A double, a triple. Get an amen for out there in uh, Facebook land, where everybody is. But, yeah, let me tell you something about that. We're reaching a lot of people out there, and hallelujah for that. You can use social media for God's glory. Because everything comes from Him, amen? Everything comes from God. It's the devil who makes it bad. He twists it. Amen? All right, we're going to have to stop there. Thank you for letting me share that. God is good, amen? We're going to close on that note. We'll get together again and continue with this message on perseverance and biblical transformation. Brittany, Deb, and Jasmine are going to come up. We're all going to stand, worship the Lord, and close. So if you guys are on the live feed, I want I, you, you can join us. Thank you.
Amen. What a fitting song for the message. Amen. Amen. Shannon, you want to come and close us in prayer tonight? Awesome. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all here and um, for allowing uh, Pastor John to preach such a such a simple message, but help it to really get into our hearts and in our minds, so that we can we can go forward for you, Lord. Because, like in First John, we love you because you loved us first. Yes, Lord. And. We're just so grateful. We're so grateful that we can come to a church that preaches the truth and preaches your word. Thank you, Lord. And that that puts you first, Jesus. Yes. Thank you for going to the cross. Help us to really have such a bold revelation about that. Yes, Lord. So that we can go forward and really be your disciples and, and help to bring others in the kingdom, help us to not be like Jonah and try to go the other way. You yes, know, Lord. Um, thank you for loving us because you didn't have to. You could have just been away with us and you didn't. And um, help us to remember that as we go about the rest of our day so that, you know, we can show the unbelieving world, you know, that we're different. Yes, Lord. You know, so that we can bring others. You know, because just the way that you love me, you love the people that get under our skin. You know, yes, so Lord. help us to to be the light and um, live for you and not ourselves. Yes, Lord. Thank you that we, we have somewhere to go where we can get recharged and refocused and have our perspective shifted to how you want us to be. But help us to, in, in our private setting, you know, when we go home, Light a fire under each and every one of us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because if we're coming to church, it means that we want to. We want. We want to be different. We want to. We want to live for you, you know, Lord. So thank you for being so patient with us. Yes, Lord. And um, just so gracious and merciful. Um, our words will never be enough, but help our actions to to sh speak volumes, Lord. And I pray for traveling mercies and. Um, I just pray for your hand over us, Lord. Don't take your hand away. But um, I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace. <laughs>